Most of you have no foundation at all. Now, the trouble's with your attitude. Some sort of anal dumpster sex back there. What's going She's on? like crying well, with laughter right now. Shut up and sit down. But 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 Dan, I got out of the vehicle. My yeah, hands when, you, when you're not air. supposed to do that, you're not supposed yeah, to do I, that at I, all. I and I, I threatened the officer by calling more officers so yeah. i threatened an officer i got out of the vehicle and i had my hands up in the air okay you were just so visually appalling i mean my god what did you look like you probably oh. had these stubby little legs that were very hairy i mean i remember you back then and you had probably cargo shorts with a lanyard sticking out of it let's be honest yeah, absolutely that, that's exactly yeah, what's wearing now <laughs> exactly what it is Dan, you want to bring Whoa. us in? We'll just use that. Oh, God. I know, right? What was I even yeah. watching last night? I don't have any idea. What were you watching? That's, a, that's crazy when you can't even remember what you were watching. It'll come to me later, I'm sure. Anyways, yeah. welcome to Critical well, Mass. Uh, must, must have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, folks, every now and then we like to do these little uh, entertainment shows. Yeah. Um, we just we just like to keep it light. We don't want to talk about the fact that the president uh, used military force against peaceful protesters so he could have a Photoshop, uh, photo op with a Bible. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Today, we want to talk about movies and TV. We don't want to talk about the fact that he, on the uh, anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, that he uh, rolled back all the health care provisions for transgendered folks. We don't want to talk about that today. It was a nice little cherry on the top for those of yeah. you that um, feel misguided or... We also don't want to talk about his speech that's coming up that was written by a known white supremacist in his cabinet that will be happening on Juneteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Anyways, we're not talking about that out. today. No, we're not. We're not. Because this is the only thing that should happen to the president. Those were, those were semi-automatic shots. I really hope that... So they're legal. They're not illegal. I just hope no one's important is listening. Um, <laughs> they never are. That's Trust true. Okay. That's a great point. Uh, and nobody unimportant is listening either, so... There you go. Pretty much no one. Pretty much, yeah. No one. <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, where are my notes? Where are my notes? Susan! You need a new secretary. She's terrible. The I, worst. I, I still I still call her by se- the name Secretary Susan. She well, keeps yeah. saying it's Administrative Annie, and I I don't care. No. no. 
Uh, okay, so uh, basically, I, I wanted us just to talk about some of the things we've been watching, what we really like, and if there's something we didn't like, that's okay too. But uh, sure. Uh, it's just I honestly, once the children go to bed and my wife gets her sort of Bravo show out of the way, oh, she goes she goes off to bed, and then I can watch something with actual uh, substance. Sure. So. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to talk to someone about it. Because when I'm at work, like, there's no one really there that watches the same stuff I do. So I just kind of, I was like, well, you know, I'll bring it up on the podcast. Uh, one thing I really did want to bring up first and foremost is the show, TV show, by the way, Fargo on Netflix. Nobody watches that but you. <clears throat> Apparently a lot of people do. I mean, you guys don't. That's fine. Uh, it's very, very good. Please watch it. I'm, I'm high-fiving you. That that means you got to watch it. Um, that'll just mm-hmm. let's just go round robin. So for me, Fargo, huge three seasons. It's it's incredible. I can't wait for the fourth season to come out. That should be this year sometime. Uh, is there any huge show that you guys have been watching that you're just like, wow, I cannot wait for the next season of this? My guess for you, Rocco, is The Mandalorian. Um, well, so the Mandalorian finished a while ago. Season two doesn't start till October. And, um, I'm very, very, very excited about that. That's, it's huge. If you're not watching the Mandalorian, you're doing yourself a disservice, especially if you're a fan of, uh, classic Westerns. If you're a classic Western fan, you you should probably be watching the show, even if you're not a Star Wars fan. Um, the amount of people that have like contacted me because they're, they know I'm a huge Star Wars fan. They're like, hey, funny, Dan, funny. Um, they're like, hey, this Mandalorian shit. Like, I'm a huge Western fan and not a Star Wars fan, but that show blew me away. That was like watching an old spaghetti Western. I'm like, yeah, that's it's that's what it is. It's just set in the Star Wars universe. It's incredible. But that was a while ago. What I'm watching right now. No, time out, time out. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Aren't spaghetti westerns just sort of, I don't want to say hyperbolic, but just sort of silly and over the top? Um, yeah, I mean, westerns in general kind of are. But I guess you could say, but take a, take a look at the movie like Tombstone, okay? That is not a spaghetti western. The spaghetti western genre was what, in the 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s? Yeah, yeah. But a, and it was just spaghetti horrible Western. acting. It was almost essentially B-rate film, right? Yeah, but they're, they were called spaghetti westerns um, because they were made in Italy. Yes. Um, oh, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yes, correct. That's, so it's I was going to say that. It's a racist thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But yeah, what but, I'm watching now, Dan and Joe, is what we do in the shadows. Um, which is funny because that's Taika Watiti, who's very heavily involved in The Mandalorian. Um, and he's getting a new Star Wars movie, all his own, which I can't wait for. But um, anyway, it, if you're not watching what we do in the shadows and you are a fan of comedy, then I don't know what to tell you that why you're not watching it. Um, basic. Pro- have you guys seen the movie? Either of you seen the movie? There's a movie? Yes. Yeah. Um, part of it. So the movie started the whole thing and the movie was produced, written, directed by Taika and Jermaine, uh, Flight of the Concords in essence, you know what I mean? The, the, with Jermaine. Oh, 
So they made this movie about it's a reality show, a fake reality show, um, shot like uh, like almost like The Office or Big Brother, or whatever. And they're all vampires that live in a house together. <clears throat> and what's funny is, and uh, Mark Hamill was talking about the show, what we do in the shadows, because Mark Hamill is actually a huge fan. And he's like, they make the mundane so funny. Everything from doing laundry, because everything has such so many blood stains on it. Like it's it's these ridiculous situations and they take the most horrifying of situations and make them hilarious because they're they're thousands of years old and they live together in this house and they're like, you know, up with the time, they're trying to get up with it with the times like they go to the Dollar Tree and they're picking out Halloween decorations and one of the vampires attempts to use gold coins. Mm. And they're like, sir, I don't. We don't take this. You will take it now. Just like stuff like that. It, it's hysterical. I love the premise, uh, at least of the show. And um, I've seen an episode or two and parts of others. I don't know why it isn't grabbing me more. I'm gonna make more of an effort. Um, maybe a third time's a charm. Honestly. Yeah. It's like a pregnancy that won't stick. You know. Wow. That's Jesus. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I'm allowed to say that. I guess. Joe, what what about you? Um, I have been looking forward to, but have not yet watched the second season of Afterlife. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't watched it yet. Have you? Uh, I started it. Okay. I finished it. How do you, how do you guys feel? As, is it as funny as season one? No. Yeah, no, it's uh, not. Here's my harsh criticism. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I can tell just by your reactions. <laughs> look, I love Ricky Gervais. Um, he's actually one Same. of my favorites. Um, and I really like the first season. I think that it had a great arc. And uh, it, it stood alone as an individual story. You follow the character development of a guy who... Which, by the way, grabbed you with its humor right away. The depressing, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to kill myself kind of attitude. That humor alone was what made it so fucking special. And you, and you, so that's what really grabbed me and kept me there. And then as the story unfolded, you realized, oh, this is more of a deep emotional journey for somebody. <clears throat> and it all worked out in the end, which was great. But a, a second season, I didn't think it was necessary to begin with because the character, in my opinion, was set. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then the second season really just sort of meandered around and there didn't seem to be a ton of character development. Um, it wasn't as funny because he wasn't so crude and, you know, depressing. Um, trust me, it had its moments. And I was pretty happy with, for example what was going on with a the therapist mm -hmm. <laughs> seeing him out at the bar stuff like that um because the therapist was a total asshole like bully <laughs> uh, and and look i mean at the end of the day i still i still like the series like if they came out with a season three i'd still watch it mm -hmm. but compared to season one i mean it just doesn't hold water what are your thoughts joe um, well, I haven't seen it yet. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> wait, I thought you did. My bad. No, no, no. no. I was. I, I um, haven't uh, watched. I hope it. I didn't spoil anything. Yeah, no, I'm not going to bother now. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dan really um, summed it up. Rocco. Yes. I 
mentioned a few weeks ago um, the movie The Wrong Missy. And yes. I was uh, wondering what your thoughts were going to be on it. I don't know if you ever watched it. I did. Okay. What did you think? I did too, guys. I did. Now, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm like overplaying the movie and I'm afraid I've done that to the people I've talked to. I was just saying that going into it, I expected it to really suck like a lot of happy yeah. Madison movies have. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I love Adam Sandler, but the happy Madison movies the last like 10 years, they, they just aren't funny at all. And it's grandma's boy. Yeah. And, um, so I thought that movie was a kind of a pleasant surprise. And I also thought that, um, don't forget about that's my boy, Joe. That was pretty funny. Mm. Yeah. Um, Come on, dude. That was was absurd. Funny. It it was, it was also, I mean, that was like what? 2008 though, or something. That was a while ago. Jesus Christ. It was not that long ago. I think so. Um, keep talking. I'm an IMDb it. The, um, but like even the recent ones on Netflix and stuff like the do over, it was, is that what it was called? Yeah. The do over. Um, my, my dog's about to start flipping out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is he all right? You need to take her, you take her out. Um, yeah, I better let her out. Yeah, go ahead. uh, She's very, she's very dramatic and there's somebody here that she loves. So she's going to start flipping out. Um, oh, but, is it the sound of my voice? I, that's how a lot of uh, animals get. Please. So, so why don't you take it, Rocco? What What were your thoughts? I'm not going to listen anyway, so hang on. Thank you. Well, while Joe's okay, not so listening. By, by the way, That's My Boy came out in 2012. Oh, wow. Eight years ago. That's not, that not a good movie. Um, I, it was hilarious. I didn't. I It didn't make. I don't know. The wrong Missy, though. Yeah, um, what about it? That was that was the first time, and I think Joe said this when he asked me to watch it. Was that was the first time that I had laughed that hard at a Happy Madison film? Okay, and that's exactly. I was just saying, Joe, with the the wrong Missy. I think you described it best when you said that was the that was the first time in a long time that you had laughed that hard at a Happy Madison film. Yeah, um, and exactly. That's, that's literally ex- when I finished the movie. That's exactly how I felt. Um, a couple of things that I enjoyed about that movie were, um, first of all, I was really impressed with Lauren Lapkus. Um, is that how you that's say her a- last name? Yeah, I think that's you're right. the girl, right? Yeah, the female, the woman. Yeah, um, because you know how her her character is kind of like a like a motor mouth, super psycho. That I feel like comedically and in terms of acting, that's a tough character to tackle and have it like make it sustainably funny throughout. And I think she did a really good job with that. Like I I can't think of another comedian who could make that work throughout the entire movie. And I think she did pretty well with that. And I, I also kind of like David Spade's return to his more like reserved, sarcastic style instead of like that weird party boy kind of humor. He tried doing for a long time, like in the last 10 years or his weird white trash roles. Yeah. 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 
he had it was Joe Dirt, and then what was the other one um, where he like was swimming in Joe Dirt too? No, that well, yeah, there's both. No, of those. I know what you mean. It was an it was an Adam Sandler um, grown ups. Not grown ups. Where he was in the he was in the back of a truck. He was like the shitty. Dad. Oh yeah, that's um. Where the two dads fight each other. Well, listen, I, I listen. Adam Sandler and, and Happy Madison Productions, I think, have, have put out a few good ones, at least Netflix-related, um, over the few past few years. Not all are winners, in my opinion. Father of the for, Year. That's the one. Yeah. Yes, Father of the Year. Uh, Murder Mystery, for example, that's a Netflix little rom-com. Not that great. Um, Uncut Gems, that was a big box office hit. I didn't see it. Was that Happy Madison? It wasn't. I'm just looking at his his stuff here. Now, there's also a movie with uh, Adam Sandler um, called The Week Up with Chris Rock. Mm. It, I couldn't get through it because the performances were so good. It was giving me anxiety. Uh, of what? Sorry? The performances in the movie. The Week Of. The Week it's, Of. Yes, it's about a mixed race couple that's about to be married. The father of the bride is Adam Sandler's character and Chris Rock is the father of the son of the groom. And so it's just, Oh my God, it's so anxiety ridden and you just feel for these characters so much that I couldn't even get through it. It's so awful. Um, it's so it's like, it's good because it's so bad. Anyways. Um, Sandy Wexler, I thought was a mm. funny, pretty funny movie. You don't, you don't think so? I don't know, man. Um, I don't think Adam Sandler's been funny since Big Daddy. Oh please. See what I find um, interesting about that is, I mean, I agree in terms of his movies, but then again, I mean, like a hundred percent fresh. It, that's what it's called, right? His uh, his little like um, stand up, dude. The stand up special was great. Yeah, that I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was, and um, I'll give you that. It, it was, it, it was reassuring as an Adam Sandler fan to be like, okay, he is still funny. I don't know what the fuck the problem <laughs> is. Like, well, I think that, he realizes now that he has an audience, and his audience has shifted as far as making movies goes. You know, it's more family-oriented, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, look at Grown Ups. Grown Ups is a, is a far more family-oriented uh, type of film, and, and yet it has all of those guys in it. Yeah, and not very funny. All right, yeah, the big guy pees in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Um, and that kind of was another thing that um, I liked about The Wrong Missy was, you know how in Adam Sandler's movies in the last, like, 10 or 15 years, he likes to create his little Adam Sandler universe where, mm -hmm. like, everybody's everybody's really quirky and funny, like even the kids. And um, really, I, I think that the marginal characters in his movies are just not funny at all. Like the nipple twisting and the the cross-eyed guy and that shit i whereas in like everybody in the water boy like there's not a normal fucking character in the water right exactly yeah. and it, it, from the water boy on it just got worse yeah. and i feel like with the wrong missy 
that was a case where the ridiculous, not funny at all, marginal characters kind of scaled back a little and were yes. actually funnier. Like even yeah, Ro- if Josh, if Josh were here, he would be he would be making the argument about a lot of the um, what's his name who made the Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore. Oh, uh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson films is that. It, Early on, especially with Rushmore, the reason why it was funny to Josh, and of course I'm completely speaking for him right now, I hope his ears are ringing, (laughs) is he said that that was so successful in his mind because it was a very strange character in a world of other normal people. Yeah, that's where Josh and I have this theory about comedy where, and you know, it's ultimately just our opinion, but um, that comedy tends to work better when you have like yeah you know a lot of times you have a really eccentric weird fucking character but you need at least one normal character to anchor them and contextualize that weirdness and that's it's the classic straight man uh formula yeah it's (laughs) i mean ben stiller pretty much nails that in his comedies he always has Mm -hmm. whether it's you know a lot of times he plays that character like the the normal guy you know, who right has to there. react to the craziness, yeah. right? And and um, you know, just juxtaposed with that psycho character, you know, the the really weird person. It just gives it some context. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, what you're saying is that this movie, The Wrong Missy, was sort of a return to that sort of theory where you you really only had one crazy psychotic character or wacko. And most of the people around them were relatively normal. So yeah, the comedy, and, it bounced off of everybody else. And, and you know, like I said, the those marginal background characters were a little less absurd. Like even Rob Schneider, I thought his little part that he played was actually right. kind of funny. As opposed, yeah. to he, he normally is just not very funny in those movies. Yeah, <laughs> but, because uh, like you said, his character is so over the top usually. Yeah. And what's funny is that I don't know if it was a DVD extra in Grandma's Boy or somewhere, but they were talking about how, or maybe it was in Grown Ups, someone was saying that whenever Rob Schneider is on a movie set, no one can fucking keep a straight face. <laughs> well, he, yeah, Fifty First Dates, man. He was the sh- the shark dude. Yeah. Remember? Oh, my God. He was the funniest part of that movie. And just to your point, that's what they were saying on that set. Every time he'd come out with his one lazy eye and the long hair and like the the beard and the mustache, <laughs> and he would just be in character rubbing his stomach. <laughs> the, they would say on right. set that they couldn't even shoot because everyone was just laughing and he yeah. didn't even start yet. Yeah, I'd rather just hang out with him than than watch his characters in movies. Yeah, you know. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot smoking lamp. That's expensive piece. How's <laughs> that? Anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I agree with you, Joe. It's, it's, I think that's one of the formulas of success for the movie is that it was a relatively normal scene of characters with that one crazy person in the middle and look at, um, uh, what's his face in the movie who gained a ton of weight and does Nick's, not look good. Nick, Nick Swartzen. Swartzen. Oh, oh my Nick God. Swartzen. I Jesus. felt so bad for him when I saw him. Not that I'm the picture of, of perfect health, but Jesus Christ, dude. I'm like, Oh my God, Nick. I, well, that's I told, what happens um, when you stop doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told somebody on Facebook there was actually a scene in the movie 
where Nick Swartzen reminded me of Slimer from the Ghostbusters. Oh, like, God. Like, oh, no. his head and his face. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, honestly, when breakfast, lunch, and dinner is cocaine, and then you realize that you need to do better with your life and stop doing those drugs, you know, you gain weight because you're no longer using cocaine as a meal replacement. You're actually eating food. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he gets a trainer. He yeah. he does have a joke in his stand-up about, um, like, his double chin and his, you know, gaining weight kind of in his face and stuff. He's like, what What do you, how do you work that out? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> looks, like I, looks like I have an airline pillow on, around my neck. All right, let me let me move on. I got a lot I just want to list, so um, I might as well just say them. Everything that I wrote down, um, for those of you listening, I want you, I want everybody to watch Fargo. It's fucking great. It really is. Uh, Space Force, I give it a thumbs up. I'm sorry. Uh... Uh, it's a thumbs up for me. It's not a huge thumbs up, but it's a thumbs up. Avenue Five, by the way, if you like thumbs Space up their asses, thumbs up their asses. I think you'll really like Avenue Five. It's an HBO show. And uh, they went through season one, and it's fucking great. Another HBO show that was really good is Crashing. I believe there are three seasons deep into that. That's really fucking funny and very good. Very real um, backstage look at what the life is for a stand-up comic. Um, I haven't finished the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. I know probably you want to talk about that, Rocco. It's decent. There's a small show on Hulu. And it's actually on FX, but you can get it on Hulu as well, called Robbie. Um, I forget the stand-up comedian's name. Um, Royce Goble is the main character there. There's one season. He's a church league basketball coach. Very, very funny. Um, Okay. Also on Hulu slash FX is Devs. Uh, I give that a big thumbs up. Sci-fi, thriller, Murder mystery, conspiracy, like crazy shit. All very, very, very good. Uh-huh. Um, Shit's Creek, if you haven't seen it, you need to. Otherwise, you're a piece of shit. I'm just going to say it out loud. And finally, um, Comedy Central's Southside. An all-black cast, uh, characters that are police officers, some characters that are rent-to-own, um, basically like a rent-a-center type of deal uh, employees and what it's like living on the south side of Chicago. Very smart. And I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Very smart and very funny. Please watch it. Okay. okay. That's, very- that's my two cents. That's everything I wanted to say. I don't know if you guys wanted to mention, talk about Yeah. That. Yeah. Go ahead. I got it. I got a couple. Um, I'm going to respond to a couple of what you said. Uh, Space force was marketed to be like uh, the office, but with space force. And then you watched it and it wasn't that I don't really, you felt that I never got that impression personally. It, it pretty much said from the exact, from the guys that give you space force, we're bringing Steve Carell back. You mean and the, the way that gave you the office? I'm sorry. The guys that gave you the office, were bringing you Steve Carell. We're giving you Steve Carell back. And the way it was marketed, much of it aimed at this is going to be the office again. And it wasn't. It was something different. Don't get me wrong. It was funny. I laughed. I just was like, why would you shouldn't have you should have been a little more clear in your marketing what we were getting or say nothing. Just show us some posters and let's move on. Um, I do think, though, that um, John Malkovich stole that show. 
Um, my God, every time he was on screen, it was pretty much hysterical Brilliant. and fantastic. Brilliant. He yeah. was wonderful. I wanted more of him. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene with John Malkovich was towards the end, and <laughs> there he's having that like. Hey, it's okay. I'm a scientist, and the Chinese people are scientists. We'll just we have scientists have a brotherhood, and we're going to talk to each other. And yeah. that's a, and they got on there, and it became an immediate cock joust with them. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and which is funny because you know John Malkovich's character is this sort of intellectual, yes. you know, diplomatic attitude, and <laughs> immediately gets really defensive, and and you know the Chinese are making this big stink about how they're the first people to set up a space camp on the moon. Yep. And Malkovich's character is just like, I, I don't know if you got the news about this little thing called Apollo 11. <laughs> of course, I'm butchering that, but it was just so fucking funny. Well, it's great because it also showed, like, that's uh, Steve Carell's character he would constantly make fun of for having this macho, cock-joust attitude when right. it comes to war stuff and military stuff. And yeah. John Malkovich's character would always rag on him for that. To see that reversal, but in in his realm of science, I thought that that was very funny. It was great. <laughs> immediately so, too, it wasn't even like a little bit. Just immediately no. became a fuck you. Exactly. Uh, um, but <clears throat> what I do want to talk about is two stand-up specials um, that I watched. One was Jerry Seinfeld's Twenty Three Hours to Kill, mm-hmm. um, which I like the title because you know all he has to do is work for an hour. Because the show, the special was an hour long, so he's looking what to do to kill, time to kill for 23 hours. Right. Which I thought was inventive because it's him. Did either of you watch it? No. I'm, um, I got a, I got an issue with Jerry Seinfeld right now and I got to play it out in my heart. Okay. I've, I've heard some stuff about him, um, basically grooming a 17 year old girl. Really? Yeah. I think you ought to look into that. So we should probably just move on. <laughs> he um, that's he stole, crazy. He stole a Jim Gaffigan joke, which oh. as a, I mean, just in terms of <laughs> that's obviously not as serious as what you just said. No, but, Joe, uh, it's worse. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, in terms of just it, respecting him as a comedian. Um, yeah, in the night. Sorry, uh, just so people are curious, and you, you, anybody can Google this. Apparently, but this was swept under the rug. This is one of those. He's a rich person, and so we're not going to talk about it. He, during the '90s, during his Seinfeld days, um, the TV show, he groomed a 17-year-old girl. She was 17 when they met, and then by the time she became 18, they came out in public and said we're together. He was in his mid-30s. Um, was this was this in New York? Actually, the, I think they met, they met in New York, but then moved to L.A. She moved out there to be with him um, when she turned 18 in L.A. But here's the deal. It's only 17 legally if you're with somebody who's 21 and under. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Romeo and Juliet law. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was, imagine this. It was like watching Michael Jordan one of the greatest basketball players to ever grace the the court, mm-hmm. just do layups for like an hour. Just watching Michael Jordan do layups for an hour. Do you know? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You're looking at one of the comedy greats who's just doing some layups, just going through there. the motions. He figures, yeah. hey, everybody else has a Netflix one hour special. I can do that too. 
Yeah, and I, I chuckled here and there, but there was nothing that I, I there was no laugh out loud, like you know his there were his dry bits were were gone were done. Like mm. my favorite dry bit of his was when he went to Cooperstown to he's like I went to Cooperstown to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I look, I see a toothbrush underneath the toothbrush. It says on loan from Kale Ripken. Kale. Give him the toothbrush. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it was those those dry bits of his that always like hit so hard, and I would be laughing hysterically. But there were none. It was really just him talking about his life and talking about life. And it was like, Jerry, where's your observational stuff, man? Like, I'm that's what I'm looking for. So there's that one. We'll we'll be done with that now. Okay. Um, the one that I think everyone needs to see that was supposed to be stand up and ended up not being stand up was eight minutes and 46 seconds by Dave Chappelle that just came out a couple days ago. I watched it. I watched it, dude. That was really, really, really good. That was so good. And it was not what I loved was that that was supposed to be stand up and he couldn't, he couldn't hold back anymore. And Joe, have you seen that eight minutes, 46 seconds? I have not. So there's a couple things about it that that's big. Number one, it's the first live in in blah 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 the first live concert in possibly the world since Corona. Um, they had tables that were like ten feet away from each other with two to a table, obviously couples, and it was completely outdoors. Everybody wearing a face mask. Everybody wearing a mask with the. Di- it almost started like a documentary. This, the kind of how they showed you what they were doing. It's on YouTube, Joe. It's about a half hour long. It's seriously, it's so good. Just and stick he, with it. Yeah, and he comes out and he's just like, man, I, you know what? I got to talk about it. And it, he talked about George Floyd, and the reason it's titled Eight Minutes and Forty Six Seconds is because that's how long the knee was on George Floyd's neck yeah. when he died. So By the way, did you guys see event. his induction into the uh, Mark Twain uh, Mark Twain Prize, the Mark Twain Award for comedy? Yes, one of the best speeches I've ever Dude, seen. That whole life. thing was fucking gold. Yeah. Anybody yep. and anybody that, or everybody that came out and spoke during that or was behind stage, like it was just phenomenal. It really was so good. John Stewart. Um, oh my God. Uh, to have his right, his second writer from uh, Chappelle show be there after what he did to him. Um, what's his name? He did that stand up three mics. You guys ever see three mics? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I don't know who you're talking about, but I didn't see that special. Oh, okay. Well, he's the other he writer. He's so good. Oh yeah. I love how they talked about how half baked came to be the whole story of half baked. Yeah. We want to do a pot movie. Oh, did you write it? Oh, I was supposed to write that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, that was some powerful stuff. So if you get a chance, watch eight minutes and 46 seconds by Dave Chappelle and just listen to what he has to say. Um, and the way he went over after Candace Owens, the woman, the black woman that gets paid a lot of money to talk about why black people suck. Yeah. Her and her stinky pussy. Now, I don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've right. never been in it. I don't know. <laughs> but, I but, I, but when I am in it, I'll tell you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Joe, what about you? Um, what do you mean? What about me? What? Sorry. Like anything specific. Like, and is there anything specific that you've been like, 
you know, I talked about some stand-up. Dan okay. went through a list of shows. Um, throughout all of this, um, with quarantine and, and, you know, not being able to do anything, I actually have found myself going back and watching old movies and TV shows that I used to love, and as opposed to, like, exploring new stuff a lot. So, okay, so what's what tickles you? What have you been watching? I well, like, I've j- I don't know. I've just been Everything. going back, like Ace, Ace Ventura, <laughs> The Simpsons. Nice. Yeah, okay. so I, I've been kind of going back to the classics. I see. I so, recently watched Ace Ventura myself again because it's on. Um, was it on Netflix or Hulu? One of them. Yeah. I think it. I, yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Man. What Ace Ventura was a movie that I watched very young that watching it again when I'm older, I realized how many things went over my head. Um, (laughs) And Jim Carrey's comedic genius in that film was just, I don't even know. I can't even. Ugh. It's it, it, you know how we did the ten day album challenge. That would be one of those movies if we did a ten day challenge for movies for me. That just was so inspirational. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's he he is an illustrious person. Mm-hmm. His career it, it, you can't even compare it to to many people's. But that movie in particular, I think, gave so many young boys a comedy boner that still yeah. has. <laughs> yeah. Like I spoke like him for basically six years. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there is definitely an army of annoying little adolescents running around uh, yeah. in the mid '90s, imitating yeah. uh, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> like Rocco. Do we? I, I mean, are there comedians that are that iconic around now? That I'm Dave not saying, Chappelle. yeah, I'm not saying like that there aren't super talented comedians, but I mean as iconic. Like uh, maybe I'm just old and I I don't know what like young people are watching these days. But are who are who are the Jim Carreys and Adam Sandler's of today really? I don't know. It's hard to tell, you know, because everything's streaming. I mean, I remember right. mm-hmm. one of my biggest things about Jim Carrey. Like I think it was Ace Ventura or maybe you know Dumb and Dumber. It was in that time period when he was fucking blowing it up and mm-hmm. blockbusters still existed and you could walk into a blockbuster and you could not find the movie on the shelf i remember it'd no. be like a fucking friday night and as you knew when these movies were coming to blockbuster too because they had the fucking posters up so you'd yep. run in and some older lady with longer arms when i was 11 she could grab that shit off the top shelf and it was the last I remember that specific incident. Like it hurt me. It's still. Why did you I, call ahead? I don't know. But you I, had I didn't. Parents. I. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would tell my mom, like, call. Oh, we yeah. have three left. Tell them to put one aside. All right, we no, have to I be here know. in one hour. And yeah. you start creeping around the return box. Yes, yes. Every time somebody re- returns a video, you ask the person working to check and see if it was the one you found. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I Get got out it. of here, kid. <laughs> I got shit to do. Yeah. I just, it's hard to tell, you know, because everything's streaming now. And, and it, 
you know, Rocco, you said that Dave Chappelle kind of fits that mold right now. Like right now, no, I don't think he's that huge. He's obviously one of the greatest ever. But I think Dave Chappelle's biggest time in his life, as far as his career goes, was during the Chappelle show. But that was really more geared towards upper high school and, and early college kind of students, that kind of age. You know what I mean? But he, he, but I agree. There's no You're... comedian right now that a nine-year-old boy and a 59-year-old man are also going to love like Jim Carrey was. Everybody wanted to see Jim Carrey. That's true. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess the reason I said Dave Chappelle is because of his new resurgence and learning yeah. all this stuff about him um and the life he's led to like he lives in a quiet suburb in Ohio. And he doesn't he wants to be left the fuck alone. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't go. He's like, I fly. If they want me to do something, I'll fly out to L.A. I can afford it, you know, and he's like he lives in a quiet suburb and he's become this. I don't even know how to describe it. First of all, to receive the Mark Twain Award for writing. You know, and this is, in his instance, comedic writing. It is the highest, highest, highest honor. And especially for it to be presented to someone in the black community um, is is incredible. Um, and he deserves it. He absolutely 125% deserves it because the yeah. man is is gifted. Everything he's done was funny. Even his bad movies were, he was still funny. But he has a, a certain way of talking, a certain way of bringing things back around. Um, I still, to this day, think the bird, the bird theory. If you have not seen the bird theory, is his best work ever in stand up. Mm. Um, that was the two, the two part. There was there was two stand up specials that came out at the exact same time on Netflix. Yeah, um, was one, that the first or the second one though? The second one. It was Revelation and Bird Theory. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I think Bird Theory was amazing. Was the best one. Yeah. I think so. Um, but, you know, I mean, his live in San Francisco was always funny. Um, I mean, he was a guy I imitated as well. I mean, shit, when Rick James was, you know, <laughs> uh, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap! Like, you know, um, it, I, I just I think he would be in my mind. He's another Jim Carrey. But I see what you're saying. I mean, maybe his. Maybe his huge following was a while, like during Chappelle's show, but at resurgence, you cannot deny his resurgence. No, because people were were begging for it. He left at the top of his game. Oh yeah. So of course there's that natural like, oh shit, where did he go? All that shit. But I don't know. I just I I think that you have to. It's oranges and apples because Jim Carrey's physical humor is really what attracts you know the adolescents yeah. yeah but but Chappelle's mind and what he's saying is what attracts the older crowd so you know it's tough to compare but they're both obviously brilliant oh yeah Joe. I mean yeah Joe Joe yeah yeah let me ask you this who do you think is your favorite all-time comedian Oof. um Hard question, huh? Yeah, that's. Uh, should we that's... should we just keep it to let's take stand out out of it and just focus on movies? Okay. Um. 
I mean, maybe an Adam Sandler kind of thing or do no, you think, no, no. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I think, yeah, without spending all day thinking about it, I think I have to go with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, be just because he can simultaneously be so slapstick and so subtle. Uh, I, 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 a lot of, um, layers to his, his talent. Yeah. I think. I, I think he's also a tremendous actor. Yes, I was going to say that too. I'm trying to. I was Eternal Sunshine to... of the Spotless Mind is a great oh, God. example of his range. Oh, that I, movie. I even even yeah. Cable Guy. I mean, Cable, yeah, it's that movie is kind of known to like almost have ruined his career in the '90s. But I I think that, I mean it's just ridiculous. It's so it, good. It is so yeah. good. Man. Yeah. Probably the most underrated comedy i can think of right dark dark comedy which is like if that movie came out now it would be a fucking smash yeah yeah um yeah i mean i i i'm i'm thinking of other comedic actors and i i think i have to stick with jim carrey yeah it's it's hard but what are your guys thoughts on speaking of comedy uh, my favorite comedian of all time. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts on George Carlin? May he rest in peace. That's tough to say. Um, I I think he should go in the uh, Mount Rushmore of comedians. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, the way his mind worked and kind of the clarity with which he sort of gave you the truth. And it was one of those, like, you don't want to hear the truth sometimes, but the way he told it, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, comedy doesn't have to be social, political, but the way he did it, it was like, I'm glad he existed. You know what I mean? Yes. But there are, I, I don't know of specific examples, but I feel like looking back, there are some things that he might have said that I maybe kind of disagree with, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't a fucking genius, you know? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I just I find myself wondering what he would say about everything going on in our world today, because that's was his comedy. That was what his comedy was about. And I wish to I wish that he was still alive. But I feel like I feel like I know because someone asked me, what do you think he would he would say about Donald Trump being president? And uh, I, I feel like I know exactly what he would say. Mm-hmm. He would say. You deserved this. Yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I, I almost, I almost said that myself. Yeah, yeah. You deserve it. This is what you get. Yeah. Ha ha. This is what you get. This is where. We, this is the direction we were going, and you all deserve them. Yeah. Ah, uh, George. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, why don't we take a quick break? Because we haven't yeah. even, uh, done that yet. Yeah, we've uh, we've been going for a while. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Come back and do fuck yous, or yeah, we got more TV I, to talk about? Well, unless you want to talk about more, but um, yeah, I'm ready to do the fuck yous because my dude, I just I'm I've got my fucking shit cocked and ready. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll be right back. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're don'tforgetatowel.com, 
your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. Wait, and we are recording. I hate that keyboard so much. <laughs> Welcome to the fuck you section of our show. Now, um, I I have kind of a big one. I have a long list of fuck yous that I just I want to spill through them all, but I'll save them. Okay, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just do just do one today. Um, I don't know, Joe. Do you have one that's ready to go? Um, if not, we can come back to you. Sure, I, I guess, yeah. All right, Joe, let's hear it. What's Joe's fuck you? Um, fuck you mm-hmm. to people that go through self-checkout at the store with full carts of shit. Um, this, is a, this is literally a combination of my fuck you last week and Rocco's fuck you last week. Literally is. a combination of the two. Go okay, ahead. well, yeah, then uh, there you go. I guess we're all validated then. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm at tops, right? Yeah. Um, they. So you're I mean, obvi- you're obviously a terrorist because that's in our <laughs> in our right. world, people that shop at tops are either the elderly or stupid. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. oh, tops is terrible, dude. If if you shop at tops, you seriously have to check the expiration date on your food that you're buying because they sell expired shit. Um, oh yeah. Anyways, so. I just went in there to to get a package of water, and I use carts and um, the baskets as little as possible because of all the you know corona and sure. I'm, not that I'm afraid to use it. It's just simpler. Like I'm a simple guy. It's faster and simpler to walk in, grab a couple things, not use a cart, and it's just makes it easier. So I go in, I get a package of bottled water, walk all the way carrying it all the way from that aisle to the self-checkout and i'm standing there holding this thing forever there's you know tops is terrible like we just mentioned so they only have like one cashier working so people are there's a lady ahead of me in line waiting for the self-checkout who has a full cart full of shit and she sees me standing there carrying a package of bottled water and doesn't let me go ahead of her. And meanwhile, most of the people in the self-checkout all have full carts of shit. And I'm oh. just standing there like daydreaming about how I hate all these people. <laughs> Cause it's like, I have one thing and it's heavy. Just let me pay for it and get out of here. So if, if ever you... there was a better time for a truck to go smashing through the front of that tops, <laughs> it would have been right. Me. I'll be back. Yeah. So <laughs> fuck you to those people. Come on, man. The self-checkout is for getting in and getting out quickly. Wait your ass in line. What the fuck? Yes, yes. I agree with you, Joe. Fuck you, yeah. those people. Absolutely. Well, especially if you see somebody come up who does only have one or two items, and you're, it's just like, well, I got here first. It's like, dude, asshole. Ugh, I hate people. I really hate people. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, Dan, you want to go or no? Actually, I want you to. Okay. Um, fuck you to the 
just because I have a different opinion than you, it's wrong people that say that. Because the people that say that are always the ones that say that after saying something racist or stupid that they didn't believe was racist or stupid. I am really, frankly, sick of it. Um, someone said to me, well, if anyone, you know, I, we were talking about race and their response was, there's no such thing as systematic racism. There's no such thing as any of that. And I said, well, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's it's not true. Well, just because I have a different opinion than you, I guess that means I'm wrong, right? Anyone that has a different opinion than you. And I said, no, anyone who doesn't have the correct facts is wrong. It has nothing to do with my opinion. And I can't stand that as an excuse for you being a piece of shit. So you so you could just be a piece of shit and your response is, well, it's just my opinion. I just I can't be hated for having a different opinion. Yes, you can. Because you're a piece of shit. Well, and that's also part of the problem is that institutionalized and politicized racism isn't a fucking opinion. It's yeah. very much reality. So the fact that you're blind to it doesn't mean it doesn't fucking exist. So, yes, you are wrong. Shut the fuck up. Sorry. I, 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 no, you're exactly right, though, Joe, and I'm yeah. glad you said that. Uh, you're exactly right. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting to see and hear these people. I don't, I don't even, I, I just, I don't understand. So just, just fuck you to those people. You're just a piece of shit. A difference of opinion wouldn't, uh, a differing, like for instance, when people say, well, you know, uh, let's, why don't we just debate the topic? Some topics you don't debate. But, like, you can debate, like, people say, well, you should defund the police. And other people say you should just demilitarize the police. Well, those are two different opinions that can be debated. Sure. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you say, well, systematic racism doesn't exist, that's my opinion, you you say, well, no, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And there's no debating it. So fuck you to those people. Dan, go ahead. I'm sorry. It took so long. Okay, buddy. Yeah, I... People on my route slash my neighborhood the other day had their children outside with big signs that said, honk, if you think all lives matter. Uh. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) these uh, people that lived sort of kitty corner to them were outside painting their fence. And as I walked by, I just looked at them and I said, I mean, how, how do you? He just shook his head and closed his eyes and goes, I, I know. I don't know. And the other one goes, do you know how many people have been honking? Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Anyways, racism is taught, everyone. So, jeez, uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess I, I, I want to start with this one. So, old people, uh, I... My anger, it doesn't, it just won't go away when it comes to old people. It's just something about what they do that pisses me off. By the way, my battery's at 4% for the laptop, so we're going to have to cut this short. But basically, my patio table, which was glass, tempered glass, shattered the other day. My umbrella was open. I shouldn't have had it open. A windstorm came through, ripped it out of there, glass shattered. We need a new patio table. Can't find one anywhere. 
They're all sold out. The Rona has kept shipments low. No one can find anyone. It's terrible. So uh, I talked to my neighbor, and she said, hey, I, I know somebody who might have one. Th- these are just a series of old women, okay? The, o- the one old woman knows another old woman who has a friend who's getting rid of hers. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll be grateful. Just get me in contact with her. This sure. woman that I don't know calls me. It says, yes, my friend is getting rid of her patio table. It's glass. I said, great. Can you send me some photos? She says, okay. She sent me an email, so I'll just forward you her email. I give her my email address. She says, okay, uh, I just can't seem to figure out. And now this is a situation where I'm on the phone working while she is describing and she's narrating her life. And she can't understand how an email works. Somehow she's reading the email, but when she tries to forward it, it says that she has to open up an actual email server or browser. I'm like, what? What are you using? I go, what email do you have? She goes, I have Yahoo. I go, okay, well, you should be able to forward it. It should be pretty easy in the top left or right corner. It should be a little arrow. She goes, no, now it's, now it's a situation where I'm trying to coach her on how to forward an email. Listen up and listen up fucking real good. If you're an old person, (laughs) learn how to write and use a fucking email. You pieces of shit. (laughs) Shit on fucking millennials. Because of anything that they don't know how to, like they don't know what a rotary phone is, you piece of shit. They don't have to fucking use one. Emails have been around for 25 years, you assholes. Learn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fuck you. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's not new technology either. How often do you see things on Facebook? Well, share this and laugh about it if you know what this is, but a young person doesn't. Go fuck yourself. It's a tool no one's used for a hundred years. Okay? No one gives a fuck about you and your stupid ass tools from 900 years ago. You don't know how to use an email. It's been around for 25 years. That's a quarter uh, of a century. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I just I hate people and I hate the elderly. Okay, that's it for me. <laughs> Dude, I uh I was just thinking to myself at work uh just the other day. I I feel like I just at every level of society in that moment I just felt like we need old men to get the fuck out of our way. <laughs> Step yes. the fuck back to just mm-hmm. to old men. Yeah. Just Whatever bit of power you have, relinquish. Just get yeah. the fuck out of our way. And, I, you know, I was just thinking, like, from my boss to politics, just on every level, just think of mm-hmm. all the problems that we could solve if old men, namely old Mitch white McConnell. men, just, just get mm-hmm. the fuck out of our way yeah. completely. Yeah. And then we could really make some progress all over the place. <laughs> And, and I was we'll hoping take care Rona of would take care of it. I was hoping uh, Rona would kill a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, well, it has, but not enough, unfortunately. But anyway, right, Joe, thanks for coming percent. today. Yeah, appreciate thanks. you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Joe, and, we, worked it, we worked it out, buddy. Thank you. And uh, thanks to our friends over at the Insensitive Culture Podcast. Um, thanks to uh, everyone over at DFAT or don't forget towel.com. Um, always check out our guys at Genesee Beard Company. And um, that's uh, that's about it, I think. All right. Party on, Wayne.
Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.